Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, Bobby, this week we're going to the town of Lake or Fernwood, right? Where, where exactly are we? This was in the Tippecanoe neighborhood. Ah, Tippecanoe. Okay. All yes, right. which was part of the town of Lake. But some ads I found for this place in the 20s also suggested it was in Cudahy. Cudahy there? Well, and the Cudahy was originally in the town of Lake, but Cudahy left the town of Lake in the 1890s. So I don't know how in the 90s. It's very it's. Okay, well, it's the city of Milwaukee today. I think it we is. could say that. And uh, for a long time. <laughs> safe to say. Yes. Um, this week we're talking about a really interesting building on Howard Avenue between Whitnell and Howell. Uh, this is something that Are I... Are we dra- talking about the library? Oh, the library. Yes. No, uh, that's not what we're Wait a minute. About. That's an oh, that library. It's an yes. interesting building, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. And I drive past this building all the time. It's it's pretty distinct. It's a Dutch looking windmill like, right, right painted, on, painted bright red painted bright red <laughs> on howard avenue and i've always wondered what's the deal and and here you are today with the story to tell us all about it yes i was invited over there by amber jost who um owns it with her father um and the family's owned it for 50 years since the 70s hard to believe the 70s 50 years ago for some of us but um <laughs> they've owned it for all of those years and um i think five generations of their family have lived there or been involved in the ownership. But now they are really just landlords. Nobody from the family lives there anymore. There's a, you know, the the apartment is rented out. The store, which they don't own, uh, called Tulipomania. Um, Great name. Yes. Named for the, the Dutch craze, you know, of for tulips uh, 300 years ago. They don't own that either. That's owned by, you know, it's a separate business. So they basically are landlords and, you know, they don't really want to just be landlords anymore. And it's a lot to keep up. So they put it on the market. So five generations of the Jost family connected to this uh, this Dutch windmill in uh, the town, well, in Milwaukee. <laughs> in Tippecanoe. <laughs> in Tippecanoe. Uh, it goes back to 1926, and there was um, kind of a, a an old yarn about about how this was built. About uh, It was like a Dutch immigrant that came here. And, and was, missed his home. Missed, home, <laughs> missed right? the motherland, but that's not exactly true? No, he was a German immigrant. Okay. Um, right. Makes from, for a better story, I Yes, <laughs> but from a part of Germany that I best I could tell is not known as a hotbed of windmills or tulips or tulips. But, um, but this guy did open a flower shop called the Dutch colonial flower shop. So obviously this was all part of the theme. So we're going to get into that family history and learn about like what drove them to make this windmill replica right in the middle of, uh, right on Howard Avenue. That's coming up next on Urban Spelunking. Anything else we should mention about the windmill here? Um, it's for sale. It's on the market, which is exciting. Asking 299.9 which doesn't seem outrageous to me in that neighborhood for a house and store. Yeah, it's got an apartment, of course, and then the retail space. Yeah, a pretty big backyard. And those blades, do they still turn? The blades still turn. They've been uh, repaired and replaced numerous times over the years um, because Amber's dad, Paul, has been very, he, he did some really cool drawings of how they work, which I included in the story too. Yeah, I love those little like hand, I always love when you got handwritten stuff in the stories because it just connects you to the the history so much more. We're going to talk about those drawings and um, more about the family history next on Urban Spelunking. I'm 88.9 Story Zori. And I'm Milwaukee Films Christopher Pollard. And we are the hosts of Cinnabuzz. Yeah, we are. 
And on Cinebuds, we talk about movies. Flicks. Moving pictures, they are referred to as also. Talkies. Talkies is good, (laughs) yeah. And you can listen to us every week. On Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Or you can listen to the entire podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast. Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care and Eye Wear. Okay, so how did this how did this get started? Let's go back to 1926 when this was first built. Uh, let's talk about that family and the non <laughs> the uh, the non Dutch immigrant who yeah. built it. Yeah, so it's interesting. This guy August Eiermann, who was the German immigrant, came over with his family um, as a kid and always worked in factories. He was like a lathe operator, was like a, worked in tool and die, like all this kind of manufacturing stuff we think of in Milwaukee. But it seems that by the early 20s, he had a side hustle because there's I found a classified ad in one of the newspapers from, I think, 1924, where he was advertising that people should start ordering their tulips from him. Oh, really? Flowers from him Mm -hmm. early so that they make sure they get them. So he was already kind of doing, but he had not built the windmill yet. He still lived in his old neighborhood at that point. So I think this was probably, he was probably trying to get into the the flower business. Getting that tulip game. Yeah. And then I guess he must have just saved the money, bought this piece of land and decided that nothing says tulip store. (laughs) Like (laughs) Like a windmill? Like a windmill. Yeah. So, um... You know, there's, I haven't been able to find really any records. It's very complicated because the city of Milwaukee annexed the town of Lake in, I think, 1929. So the city of Milwaukee doesn't necessarily have all the records that would have, you know, like if there's a building permit in the town of Lake, the city of Milwaukee might not have it. But um, when I talked to the uh, city, they the municipal archives, they said all of the town of Lake records that the city had had been transferred to the public library or were in the process of being transferred to the public library. So they didn't have anything. And then I talked to people at the library and they had town of Lake records, but they didn't have anything regarding this either. When I later came across the Cudahy connection, I sent an email to the Cudahy city clerk to ask, but I, I'd never heard back. That's interesting um, that like an entire collection of documents from the town of Lake and how many people and households that mm-hmm. encapsulated that that whole file is in possession somewhere by the city and being transferred to the museum. Yeah, so I I don't I got the sense from the city that some of this stuff may literally be sort of in transit, like wow. packed up, waiting to go, or already delivered but still sitting in boxes, like it hasn't been processed yet. But the library does have Town of Lake records, and the person I spoke to there did look through the ones that that he could access. So um, they do exist, but whether or not anything exists from this house, you know, I can't say. So what else? What else are um, you talking about? Give me a question. Well, here. so then, you know, so he had this shop, but what's interesting is he um, presumably, I mean, he came from an immigrant family and was working like factory jobs. He's not a rich guy. He didn't come here with a bunch of money, apparently. So he obviously would have worked hard to save and build this shop. But then for some reason, by like 1931 already, he's moved to Chicago briefly for a few years with his family and doesn't have the business or the windmill anymore. So it's, it's sort of interesting. It becomes at that point, it becomes like a series of offices for different real estate companies. There was a lawyer in there for a while. It was a restaurant. It was. And yes. And in between, actually, before the offices started, it was a restaurant uh, very briefly. And then later on, it was a stereo shop uh, in the 70s. And then that's when the Jost family comes in. But it's interesting to me that this guy would have made this effort to build the windmill, but then only ended up staying a few years. So it's I, I was not able to figure out why that was, but. 
Well, th- this windmill has been connected to this Joe's family for five generations. So how do they get involved next? Like how did they, how did their chapter begin? So what's interesting is uh, the woman who invited me over, Amber, her great grandmother bought it in 1975 with her son, Ted, and his wife, um, who would have been Amber's grandparents. And they were immigrants from um, themselves, from Austria. And um, they bought it because Amber's dad, Paul, needed a place for his photography studio. And I think they just kind of wanted to invest in something anyway. So um, Sylvia, the great-grandmother, and her sister lived up in the apartment. Paul ran his photo studio in the windmill and then had a small little like one-bedroom apartment that he lived in in the back. And so Amber remembers like growing up there. I mean, she's got all kinds of you know, there's some of them in the story, but she had all kinds of pictures of like family dinners up in the, in the apartment, you know, Sylvia hanging laundry, the, you know, the original great grandmother, immigrant yeah, grandmother I hanging loved, laundry in the backyard. I love that photo in the story because it just, it just really speaks to the time. Like it, you could just, yeah. you could just really picture that moment. Well, and that's what I really drew me. I mean, what, she invited me over and it drew me to it because it's the windmill, right? I mean, you're not going to say, no, I'm not right. the windmill. <laughs> right. But really the, the, again, like with all these stories, the, the building just leads you to the people, right? And the and her family story there is just so interesting. And it's just amazing to think how hard it would be to make the decision to say, finally, at some point, we're going to let, let this go. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you could see, I mean, everywhere she looked, we went in one room that had like a shelf that was built all around, maybe a foot down from the ceiling where you could put like, I mean, now you'd put bobbleheads or something yeah. there, but you know, well, tchotchkes, plates. tchotchkes, things like that. Right. She's like, oh yeah, my dad built that. And like, she, you know, just everything, everything her eyes landed on, she had a memory you could tell, you know? And so it's gotta be really hard to say at some point, we just, we can't do this anymore, you know, and it's time to move on. Yeah. And there's a quote in the story about just kind of being free of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And um, that's relatable. I can understand. Oh, totally. You know, you've just had enough of it and you don't want to be a landlord anymore. You don't want to be connected to a tenant business. You just kind of want to do your own thing. Yeah. So. And it was one thing when the family was actually occupying it in some way, either living in the apartment or using the storefront or both. But now now that they don't do any of that, it really, is, it's just a place that you know, they get income from it. But other than that, it's just a place you go fix things. <laughs> fix mm-hmm. things. It, it just, it doesn't have the same vibe anymore, right? Well, let's talk about some of those drawings and renderings. Um, I understand that the there was a time they've done numerous replacements on the inner workings and on the, the actual blades of the windmill itself. And there's a sketch that shows uh, at, at one stage, it looks like a, a renovation or a remodel or what's going on with that one sketch? Yeah, so, oh, you know, what's interesting is her, uh, Amber's dad, Paul, who had the photography studio and lived in the back, um, is kind of a, I get the sense he's an inveterate sort of tinkerer and and just a doer, you know. Um, he built a 23-foot sailboat in the oh, dri- wow. in the driveway. <laughs> and you can see it under a tarp in in a picture that's in the story. And then there's a picture of them on the boat, I think, in Florida. Um, it is seaworthy. It is still floating to this day. It works. Oh, wow. Um, but so, you know, he's a, he's a mechanical sort of guy, like a art, artsy kind of guy. So he could draw and he was interested in the workings of the of the uh, windmill. So he drew what the inner workings look like, which was good because I couldn't get up there because there's no, I mean, you need a really tall ladder to get up there now, but um, so it was good because he showed like the axle, the, you know, the axle shaft and all the different just connectors, the bearings and the plates and the flanges and all all the the engineering too, like the load bearing and right. It's like a, it's like an exploded view of the, and he did two of them of the, workings and he also did a really nice like sort of floor plan i don't think i included it in the story but he 
did like a, drew like a floor plan of the property. Like this was the store, this was the back room, this was the apartment downstairs, this is the apartment upstairs. So those are really nice because they're all, you know, his handwriting and drawn by his hand, which was sort of a nice touch. I sort of hope those stay with the building. Well, we'll have a link to that at RadioMilwaukee.org and, of course, in the description box of the player that you're using to listen to right now. Another one of those stories where it's really worth going to check out the photos and seeing these, uh, like the, the great-grandmother in her, like, uh, working apron and the long the long skirt, you know, hanging yeah. up laundry. I mean, just really, really primary stuff. Uh, what else about the uh, what about the building? I mean, the, the blades still turn. The and- blades still turn. And then when I was there, I took some video of them turning and I did a reel on Instagram. If you want to go look at my Instagram, at Bobby T. And I sped, they move pretty slowly, so I sped it up so you could get a better sense of them moving. But it spins in both directions depending on the wind, but it's not connected to, it's not actually milling anything. And I don't believe it ever has. Yeah, so no flower has been coming out of the, uh, no, the no, no. flower Avenue windmill. No. Purely, purely decorative. Well, as we mentioned, this is for sale. So if you're in the market for, you know, a uh, windmill shaped apartment with a flower shop inside, this and could you be. Could, and you could hook it up to a generator, maybe. And yeah, maybe. Some, there you go. So this could be the opportunity for you. <laughs> We've got a link to the listing and, of course, links to those uh, sketches and drawings that we that we mentioned in the description box right here and at RadioMilwaukee.org. Podcasts here on 88.9 are edited by Kiri Salinas. And if you could take a moment to rate and review the podcast, we'd love your feedback. Let us know what you think of the show and make sure you're subscribed.